Hi, everybody. I'm Johnny Kolosinski, and I'm not a doctor. Jackson Vane is a doctor, but he's probably not your doctor. That means that this podcast is not medical advice. If you need medical advice or medical care, please contact a medical professional. And when you do, please tell them to subscribe to Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine Podcast. Hi everybody, I'm Jackson Vane. I'm Johnny Kolosinski. You might remember me from such podcasts as Fix It in Post, the podcast about me not figuring out what fake podcast I'm going to come up with this episode. <laughs> this is Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine Podcast. Every week we talk about what Hollywood gets right and wrong about medicine and how the body works. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hi Everybody MD, and you can find us wherever you're listening to us now or on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Everywhere fine podcasts are sold. Yep. So, what are we talking about today, Johnny? Uh, today we are talking about The Office Season 2, Episode 12. Is it called The Concussion? No, it's called The Injury. The which, Injury. Which there are multiple it, injuries. Yeah, there's multiple injuries in this one. The Office is definitely one of my favorite shows, and this is one that I've been kind of wanting to do for a little while. Um, just to set up the premise, Mike calls into The Office in a panic saying he got injured um, really badly. And the way he injured himself was burning his foot onto a George Foreman grill. We looked this up. George Foreman grills get up to 400 degrees. Yep. That's, did that burn look? I think the big thing is he wanted to grill bacon so that he can wake up to the smell of bacon. And as a guy who's tried this technique, it doesn't <laughs> work that well. You get very soggy bacon. You do get a nice smell. My question would be, I know he burned himself on... He says he stepped on the grill and then the grill clamped down onto his foot. But what happened to the grease trap? Oh, man. Right? Yeah, there should have been some, some splatter. Yeah, so he should have some splash wounds too. But he has some very nice and neat grill marks on there. And I think one thing that we were talking about earlier is can you get a burn this badly with just very minimal contact? Mm -hmm. And we do see this in the ER quite a bit with young kids grabbing mom's uh, hair iron, like the flattening iron or curling iron. Just for a short second, and they come in with a pretty bad burn right away. They start blistering right away. And I think if you look at his foot, you have grill marks, but no real no blisters? blisters or anything like that. Yeah. So maybe he's cooking his bacon at too low of a heat? Yeah, but or, you can't really adjust. Well, it depends what model, I guess, he had. Yeah. My theory is that Michael is one of those dorks who would call turkey bacon bacon. And oh, that's God. why there's no grease splatter. There's still grease on turkey bacon, though. That's true. That's but true. it's barely bacon as it is. Yeah. And Mike seems like, uh, you know, a classical guy who wants the regular stuff. He wants to wake up to a, like a home-cooked breakfast. Mm -hmm. So why substitute fake bacon with turkey bacon? That's true. And it's not like Michael's going to watch his cholesterol. Yeah. But that grease trap, I'm pretty sure if he was in a panic, he stepped on the foot, his foot onto the grill, he'd be like flailing around like a... You know, an animal caught into a bear trap or a fox trap just flailing and potentially gnawing off his foot and then grease would be flying everywhere. And I, you can kind of hear the panic on his voice when he called into the office looking for help. And that moves on to the second injury in this episode with Dwight. And this is the one that we really wanted to talk about, <clears throat> uh, which is Dwight in a rush to save Michael because yep. that's in character. Yeah. Uh, gets in a car accident. Yeah, and he's going at full speed, but let me go back. I still want to talk about the footstep, but we'll get there in a little bit. Okay. Um, but Dwight, in a panic, runs out of the office 
into his car and at full speed you just hear a crash into a pole and then um i was kind of questioning how there were no airbags but he does drive like a pontiac so <laughs> there I don't, it, there was no airbags there and he gets out really disoriented i could also see dwight being the kind of guy who would actively disable his airbags yes or not even wear seatbelts yeah which actually if you watch later in this episode no one wears seatbelts in this one huh. and that actually is one of the concerning criteria is for how bad your head injury is. is oh, really? Were you restrained? Did you go through the windshield or not? Okay. He did not. But when he got out, he was actively vomiting, very disoriented, couldn't stand or anything like that. And if we heard something like that come into our ER, there we'd activate this probably as a trauma or work him up a little mm-hmm. further. But Dwight, being the appropriate assistant to the regional manager at this point in his career jumps back into his car and drives off. And you can see his car kind of swerving around, which is super crazy and super dangerous at this point. So as we go through the course of the episode, though, Mm -hmm. he kind of picks up before he drops back down and and is totally out of it. Yeah, I mean, the thing that you want to consider about him is just his overall behavior. And he does Mm -hmm. demonstrate symptoms of a concussion as someone... I think the wheelchair man... um, who is the office manager, office building manager, comes in and correctly says, I think he has a concussion. He does display a lot of the symptoms that make me worried that he did have a concussion, too. Mm-hmm. Things like he was listing all of his responsibilities as the assistant to the regional manager while he's fanning Michael's foot with a little <laughs> tiny electric fan and then slowly drops his hand down. Um, but he stops mid-sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, amnesia is a big part of it. But usually when we think of amnesia in terms of head injury, it's is it retrograde, which is what happened before, mm-hmm. or anterograde, which happened after. So is he forgetting stuff before because of the injury, or is he not making new memories because of the injury? Okay. And those are big concerning factors. Um, I think my favorite part was him looking like he's working real hard, and he's typing Dwight nonstop on the computer over and over and over again. Wait, that's abnormal? I mean, if I was working in an office and I wanted to pretend I was wasting time and stuff like that, I probably would do the same. I don't get an opportunity to do that. Um, but <laughs> there, there's not much downtime look busy in in a pediatric ER? Not really. I, when there is, I'm usually writing notes for my other patients. And I'm not saying Dwight a bunch of times into my microphone over and over again. Yet. Yet. But I'm sure that'll happen. That felt like that the other night when I was really tired, but... Not to not this last shift. Other things, he his behavior change is actually one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, fans of the show knows he's pretty like straight laced, kind of a jerk, but he becomes super super nice to Pam and is giving advice and just being a very gentle, friendly person. And I think that part was a little confusing and concerning um, for his overall presentation. Like you're worried that he had a concussion at that point. Uh, things I do tell families when I want them to look out for concussions is, is he acting like a drunk person? Mm-hmm. So by that, I mean, are you having difficulty walking? Which he had. Are you throwing up a bunch? Mm-hmm. Sure. Are you having mood swings or behavior changes? Yep. So basically, if you're a person who hit their head and now they're acting like they're drunk, that's when I worry. Okay. Yep. So would generally, would you see a behavior change like this where he becomes, you know, kinder as opposed to more childish or more i mean normally i see the opposite where they're just really emotionally labile so they're really sad Mm -hmm. really angry really happy sometimes but really it's that sad and angry one that you see a lot more where kids would be difficult to console or football players would just get really mad and frustrated all of a sudden for no good reason and Mm -hmm. that's why 
that's one of those big concussion symptoms that you always worry about is like why are you getting so mad all the time or why are you getting so aggressive could this be related to an acute trauma or chronic trauma that's leading to these concussions and that's a concerning part too so it sounds to me like the office might be the most accurate medicine we've seen so far I would at, at least at this point. At least at this point. It does get a little crazier later and also running parallel with Dwight's like behavior. Um there are it, it's pretty legit. I think if you want to go back to bad medicine, it's what Michael's doing to his foot to protect it after he burned it on the George Foreman girl. Um I don't know why he sought the advice of someone who was concussed to protect his foot after he burned it. Because <laughs> he comes back, right? Dwight drove him back from his house to the office with his foot in, wrapped in bubble wrap. Mm-hmm. Not the first thing I would do. I mean, I think Stanley said it best when he said he looked like he was working at mailboxes, etc. <laughs> I don't think those exist anymore. I think they're UPS stores now, but the, he looked like he was getting ready to be shipped out somewhere. So that's obviously step one of burn treatment. Yes. Step one of burn treatment, treatment, don't wrap it in bubble wrap. No. Um, you want that baby to breathe. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other thing you should really do is initially after a burn, you should run it under cold water. Not ice water, but actually cold water. Because ice can actually cause more tissue damage. Because of the change in temperature? The acute change in temperature. So running it under like, the tap with cold water will help. But also the ice is so cold that you might actually kind of cause a little bit of like a burn on mm-hmm. top of the burn. Because your skin is already damaged and compromised, so it's more likely to get more injured okay if that makes sense so his step one of wrap it in plastic is a bad choice yes uh his step two of country crock which is not even real butter to be fair that was not his step two his step two was having dwight hold the tiny electric fan over his foot to cool it off oh okay while his foot was still in bubble wrap okay that would be wrong on that part with the fan with with the airflow but there's no thing but there's no airflow because he's in a bubble wrap kind of thing without the bubble wrap would the airflow be at all effective it's not really that effective you're basically saying hey if i burn my foot or if i burn my hand i'm gonna put it outside of my car window and drive <laughs> with it. that's essentially what you're doing at the same time it's not gonna do anything and you also run the risk of someone who's concussed slowly dropping that blade down yeah. james bond style and <laughs> potentially hurting your foot a little more but then you go to step three with country crop yeah you would think that's a really preposterous thing to do. It is not the right thing to do, but this happens a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I've I've heard that it's an old wives remedy of yeah. you you put butter on a burn. Yep. I mean, you're basting it so it becomes very like flavorful and whatnot. But we also get other types of things put on. So I've seen mustard, mm-hmm. uh, mayonnaise, toothpaste is a very common one that people like applying on there because I think the mintiness of it would. Um, cause more ventilation yeah that's that a mint is mint is one of the most ventilating of the herbs yes but there's also all the mints like peppermint wintergreen whatever um they all put that on there thinking it works a lot but it actually does increase the risk of infection too so okay that's the big bigger concern is when you put all that stuff on especially if you have a blister that popped um you're actually increasing the risk of causing more problems and the especially if it's like vinegary based that's going to burn a lot more, too, because your skin's already sensitive, and you don't so, want to burn it more. So kimchi and coleslaw are both out. Yes. Well, coleslaw's more soothing. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's cold. Well, there's vinegar-based coleslaw, and then there's mayo-based coleslaw. Still cooler than okay. kimchi. You don't have that fermenty action that is of kimchi. I have, you know, in my... My medical background is WebMD. Okay. I've read places that burn creams are generally a bad idea for anything that's 
that's blistering as well. Yeah. Is that the same reason that it's, it's likely to... It's, it more covers it over. And honestly, if you came to the ER, as long as the burn doesn't cross any joints mm-hmm. um, or is on your chest significantly, that can affect how you're breathing and whatnot. We sometimes just pop the blister and then apply antibiotic ointment on it and then wrap it in very loose gauze, and that's it. Okay. And I kind of get the point, of, but the gauze actually allows it to breathe. Like plastic is, you're just trapping in everything in there. Um, the only indication for using some kind of plastic wrap is if the burn is so significant that it completely um, compromises the entire skin layer, where you're trying to keep moisture in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And, and I've only used that on maybe once, and the only other time I've used it is on like premature babies that don't have fully developed skin yet, and we literally saran wrap babies. Yeah, you can talk to our NICU friend, Courtney, about that, but they do put babies in plastic bags. With their face still out. <laughs> They're still That's alive. good. That's yes. good. Yes. And then he did. He refused any aspirin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, that is, for his pain. I think it's funny that they use aspirin, because we don't really use aspirin that much anymore, because of its um, blood thinning mm-hmm. stuff. That's why you take it for heart attacks and whatnot, yeah. right? But they snuck four extra straight aspirins into his pudding, like a dog. That's a lot of freaking aspirin. If it was a child, they might get like an overdose, like um, salicylate overdose and have a bunch of other symptoms. Like they'd get ringing in the ears, mental status changes, throwing up a bunch. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised. It depends how extra strength these extra strength are and how fast he took it. But there's always a chance he could have had more issues. <laughs> then it'll be a really funny episode because then you'll have two people vomiting actively at both times with altered mental status. And then we get into Family Guy. And then you basically have Family Guy where everyone drank, drank Ipecac, which probably is a future episode too. Um, I'm sick that day. You're sick that day? You don't want to talk <laughs> about one. massive amounts of vomiting everywhere and if it really works? <laughs> we don't use Ipecac anymore. It's not good if you want to go on a side talk. But that that is no longer a thing that we have. We recommend people to have in their households. Now, going back to why they used aspirin, from a just logistic standpoint of uh-huh. producing the episode, I wonder if it's simply... Well, in America, we wouldn't know that acetaminophen is ty- Tylenol, yeah. or and the staff wouldn't, yeah. and they didn't want to say, oh, I, I crumbled up four Tylenol and stuck yeah. in, his, in his pudding, and, and, and sh- then have somebody do it. Yeah, and I'm sure it's probably some kind of like advertising, logistical kind of thing. Um, or they just use aspirin as a generic term for any kind of pain They, they use a- aspirin as a, the, if we say it's aspirin, we're yeah. less likely to get sued because everyone makes aspirin. Yeah. And that's a lot of, even, regardless of whether or not it's aspirin or um, Tylenol, that's a crap load of Tylenol too. Mm-hmm. Um, so his liver would be burned out too. Not quite overdose levels, but he started feeling sick with that much. Um, ibuprofen, that's actually, if he crushed up for extra strength. About the right dose, but you still have a little bit of a tummy. But other symptoms, Dwight now is starting to present with more dangerous neurologic symptoms. So passing out is really bad. Um, And then his memory is kind of fading too. And this is kind of leading into when usually if we see a patient with a head injury acutely, we think about their, um, their mental status and we score it based on something we call the Glasgow Coma Score. The GCS is scored out of 15. Usually if your score is below 13 or 12, we start worrying that you're, you have a more more than a minor head injury. Now, does the Glasgow Coma score have anything to do with just soccer riots? No. Okay. It's not just your standard Scot- Scottish soccer game? No, unfortunately. This is just about, um, we score you based on three criteria, your eyes, um, your voice, and your movement. So 
it's each one has like a corresponding thing so like uh if you weren't opening up your eyes spontaneously and i had to apply pain to you you'll get a score of two out of four and that's already pretty bad because you're now out instead of a top score of 15 you're down to 13 Mm -hmm. um if you're if you ask questions if you're answering questions appropriately you get the full score if you're starting to um be very confused when you're talking like dwight is Level four, oh, you got four points. If you're very babbly and not making any sense at all, and you have discernible words, you get level three, or three points. So based on just how his presentation is, he probably has like a GCS of maybe 13 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's soon after an injury. You're a little more worried about that one. So you. End so, up- so would it would be less concerning if it had progressed over eight hours than over three? Um, it's more concerning if it was more acute, but okay. especially if you start having acute mental status changes. Like, usually with GCSs, you don't, like, get declined. It's usually, like, quicker kind of changes like that. Like, you don't just go from, hey, I'm talking to, hey, I'm no longer moving my eyes and all that stuff, mm-hmm. unless it's, like, you're herniating. And if right. you're herniating, which means your brain is swelling so much that it's pushing all the in- contents down your your spinal cord canal area, that's usually bad. Oof. Yeah. We see that when you have really bad head bleeds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing you want to rule out whenever you hear about someone with a head injury. It's not so much the concussion, because you can't diagnose that with a head CT. Um, you're really looking for um, head bleeds or skull fractures that are causing um, pressure onto the brain and then shifting things where they shouldn't be shifting. I think you and I personally have talked about my stepmom before, who every time she goes to a professional sporting event gets hit by something. Yeah. Uh, she got hit by a hockey puck at a work event, and mm-hmm. she was doing just fine, except for this was late 90s, and she thought the president was Carter, uh, and then she started referring to her boss as her husband. So that so, sounds concussion-y. Yeah. Um, and you, usually for the concussions, all you do is kind of just watch them and, until they progress mm-hmm. so if i saw someone who fell five feet off of the bleachers at a sporting event let's stick with that and they hit their head and they initially were throwing up a little bit but otherwise they can tell me who the president is answer questions correctly all that stuff and not having any issues i don't think we need a ct scan at that point mm-hmm. i'm not worried about head bleed however if as we go along he starts getting more tired and listless and difficult to arouse and not answering questions he's going right through the scanner Okay. Okay. So I think in this case, he did progress. Dwight did progress quite a bit. Like, he was confused and kind of funny, but then he just drops. Mm-hmm. That would make me really scared. And if I heard that as a as the doctor, I'd be like, you're going straight through the scanner. And I think it goes to, like, an old wives' tale where he was walking and then he wanted to take a nap. And mm-hmm. Jim did not want to let him sleep. And everyone thinks that you cannot let a person with a head injury fall asleep because they'll slip into a, a coma. I'm mm-hmm. doing air quotes right now. Um it's not true. Really? Yeah. You do not slip into a coma if you fall asleep with a head injury. That is an old wives' tale. You can totally sleep and it's okay. The, is the risk that you would vomit and aspirate? No. It's There's... just, they just think that if you had a head injury and you slept, you're, you're donezo. Okay. But it's not true at all. Like, I'll have many kids that will show up to the ER and the parents, like, two in the morning, they fell off their bunk bed, hit their head, and the parents like, we kept him awake the whole time, but he's really sleeping. I'm like, yeah, it's two in the morning. It's okay for him to sleep. We're going to watch. As long as they're breathing normally and not making weird sounds where they're breathing or they're not throwing up uncontrollably or they're not weak on one side of their body versus the other, it's okay. You can totally sleep, and that is fine. So we get to the hospital. Yeah. Um, and that's where the episode stops being quite so accurate. Yeah, it gets real weird real fast. Uh, the I, only bad medicine comes from the doctors. And the whole hospital scene. Yeah. 
Um, he shows up to the ER and they make him fill all this paperwork before he's allowed to do anything. Which is weird because that makes no sense at all. Um, usually, if you check into the hospital, there's a, a clerk, but also like a nurse sitting there and asking mm-hmm. what brought you in. And they kind of do a cursory, like a once over. Yeah, like, you like count your limbs. That count sort your of limbs, thing. make sure you're not bleeding profusely. But if you saw someone who was walking up, really stunned, really altered, not answering questions appropriately, reportedly with after a car accident where he threw up and was mm-hmm. it was a high mechanism of an injury, they would not send him into the waiting room and tell him to fill out paperwork before they would send him back. He would be back there pretty quickly being seen by somebody. Mm-hmm. Or at least into a room where he can be monitored more closely instead of into the wild wasteland that is the emergency room waiting room. Mm-hmm. That place is nuts. <laughs> uh, that's why I never try to go out there if I can't help it. Um, also because you've got the white coat, which means you are you have a magnet. Never wear my white coat. Oh. <laughs> never ever wear my white coat. It just makes me look like a child playing dress up. So I don't wear my white coat to work uh, ever anymore. Plus it's like a germ magnet and... White is the worst color for a doctor's coat. That's, that's Especially for, been... for an ER doctor, it is the worst color. If it was brown, fine. <laughs> brown is a great color for an ER coat because it's going to be brown by the end of the day. Uh, especially with half the stuff that I deal with on a daily basis. But yeah, he wouldn't. He would not be waiting that long. Okay. Um, going back to that part. The other part is the doctor assessed him and said, you have a concussion. I need a CT scan. Nope. It's, I think you have a concussion. Yeah, it's like, I think you have a concussion. It's usually based on symptoms. Right. Um, if you said you took a bad head injury, you probably have a concussion, but I'm really worried about something else, then you probably would get a CT. For example, the hernia that you were talking about. Yeah, herniation. But usually with herniation, you're not breathing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why doctors check your pupils is to see how brisk they are, but also if they're equal. So if you have one pupil that's gigantic and the other one that's small, you're really worried that something bad's going on. So I could totally, having a glass eye, I could totally screw with doctors if they thought I had a concussion. Definitely. Um, Especially if I um, have you follow my finger kind of thing. And only one is following. And only one is following. Like, do you have a fake eye? Because the light is shining (laughs) and it's not reactive. But you can definitely fool. If you came in with a car accident and I didn't know any of that stuff, I'd be like, crap. We need a scan now. Especially if you had trauma around your fake mm-hmm. eye. Like, if you had bruising around it, or if it felt puffy, I'd be super freaked out. No joke. If no one else was there to give me a history. Uh, going back to the CTs, though, we do do rules to try to prevent doing CTs. There's different rules for kids and different rules for adults. Why do you want to prevent them? Because um, CTs are a lot of radiation. Okay, and you, it's going at your head. You're going at your head. Um, but not just your head. You have your thyroid right there. Mm-hmm. And... X-rays, granted, CT scans are pretty directed. It doesn't mean it doesn't shoot off in other directions, too. So it could get into your ovaries or your testicles, organs that grow fast. You're at a higher risk for some type of, like, malignancy every CT you get. So if we can reduce the number of CTs that we can do on you, we try to. And it kind of classifies with, like, what your risk is. Like, if you're medium risk, like, let's say you just had amnesia or a dangerous mechanism, I'd be more worried there... Um, and that actually gets you a head CT. Like, you're wondering, well, that's just medium risk. What do I do if it's something worse? Like, um, they're vomiting a bunch. They're old people who are on blood thinners and whatnot. Those usually get neurosurgery consults right away. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they so might you, go So you off. skip straight to trephining? Not so much trephina- uh, trephination, but get neurosurgery right there to evaluate right away to see if 
they're stable enough to go to the CT scanner. I was attempting a joke, and apparently trephination is still a thing. Oh, yeah. Burr wow. holes. Burr holes are a thing. So, so trephination is where you drill a hole in the skull to, to let the pressure, pressure out. out. Yep. Oh, wow. We do burr holes sometimes. Huh. Not in the ER, but unless they're really decompensating and the neurosurgeon's there. Um, I've only seen one in my life. It was during a trauma, and the patient was like decompensating quickly. We intubated the patient. Neurosurgeon's like, uh, we need burr holes because they're herniating right now. <sighs> and they're like, the OR is taking too long. I mean, My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous, crazy stuff like that. That's how the emergency department works. Wow. But now I lost my train of thought. Uh, So you were talking about the, uh, you would go straight to a neurosurgery consult rather than a CT scan. Yeah. At least have them on on standby. Mm -hmm. Like the last place you want to run a code is the CT scanner. Because you can't get at them. You can't get at them, um, but also it's really cramped, uh-huh. and you can't really push in the code cart with all your medications and whatnot. Doing compressions there is tough. Um, putting in an advanced airway, like putting a breathing tube, is really, really hard because you need to be at the head of the bed, and unfortunately, the head of the patient is usually surrounded by a giant donut, and that donut is where the CT scanner is, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to weasel in there and get a good view to put the breathing tube in. So you want to make sure the patient's stable and okay to make it in the CT scanner, which... The CT scanner is great from imaging heads, trunks, sometimes lower extremities if they have like blood clots or bad fractures. Not so much George Foreman girls. Okay. Um, what's the difference between a CT scanner and an MRI? So CT scans are, um, think of it like a mega x-ray. Okay. You're shooting x-ray beams in different angles and then the computer um, calculates all of it and then makes like a reconstruction of it. MRIs as magnetic resonance, so there's no radiation. It causes your protons to spin, and it calculates how fast it's spinning, and then from that, it makes an image. Okay. So it's a huge difference between the two. And it was kind of weird why the nurse would not let anyone into the CT scanner area with metal. Right. Because no one cares. Yeah, that was a... I mean, maybe they've just got the, the two-for-one deal where you know, they just use the same machine for both, which isn't real. No. I'm not that dumb, guys. But yeah, they brought him. They made Michael leave his crutches outside and would not and let turn, him. T- take off his microphone. Take off his microphone. No camera crew was allowed, but they were allowed to stand outside and kind of tape him and still pick up sound. And still pick up sound. Yeah, and it's really against protocol to have someone who's not like a parent. Like if it's like a three-year-old who's getting a mm-hmm. CT scan, the parents usually in the room, or we try to put them away because it's a, so much radiation, like we mentioned. That you don't want them anywhere near all of that stuff. So if he was going to be in there, he should be fully leaded up. You know, mm-hmm. wearing the lead vest, having a neck shield to prevent it. To keep it off his thyroid? Keep it off his thyroid and all that stuff, too. But then he tried to sneak his foot in. Which <laughs> it does nothing at all. Is there like a season 7 episode where Michael gets foot cancer? No, he leaves. No, he leaves. He, he leaves like season 4. Five, seven. seven. Okay. Oh, yeah, because there's nine seasons. Yeah. So he leaves at mid-season seven. And then the other weird part, too, was how they made him inhale for a head CT. There's really nothing that would benefit you from inhaling. Because usually if you inhale, your lungs get bigger, so you can uh-huh. actually get a better image. I don't know why they made him inhale. So that's just weird protocol for him on that part. That's, yeah, that's, it, that's really... Yeah, it's, interesting. I mean, it it does sound very yeah. It's technical. uber specific. Yeah, it's uber specific, but it also sounds really technical, right? Like, oh, you're about to go through a CT scanner. Better hold your breath, right? Um, so that we can get a perfect image. It doesn't really do much. We just say, okay, lie still, don't move. 
good luck if you try to tell that to a kid. But usually you just go, okay, I want you to lie really still. You're going to go through the scanner. Just wait. Count to 10 in your head. Then you're back out. But then I don't know how he snuck his foot in. That's just <laughs> amazing. Um, I, I've had situations where we would use something similar or a similar situation where I had something we call a fluoroscopy, where if we're trying to set bones back into place, think of it like a live x-ray that we are using that to see if the bone's getting mm-hmm. better or not. And I had one mom straight up go like, I hurt my hand like a week ago. I need x-rays. I'm like, you need to check in if you want me to be evaluate as a patient. I can't just like give you... There's no family plan. There's no family plan. There's no two for one. There's no buy one, get one free kind of situation because there's so much liability. But her kid did break his arm. So we're doing the sedation, and then the mom just tries to sneak her hand (laughs) into the x-ray machine. But here's the thing. If you don't keep it still because it's a live x-ray, it's really fuzzy. So we're looking at the bone. We have a nice view. And then all of a sudden, I just see fingers moving into it. I'm like, (laughs) ma'am, you cannot put your fingers into the x-ray. And she's like, but can't you just make sure it's not broken? Like, you're moving too much. And it's like, can I just put it flat on the part and just, you can look? I go, no, you got to check in if you want me to do oh it so I can gosh. get better pictures. And it turned into this huge ordeal where to the point where I had to kick the mom out of the room. Wow. And she got really close. Like, I think at one point where we, we already casted the kid or trying to get like one more look before we mold the cast. Because contrary to belief, uh, a good cast is actually um, a relatively um, lumpy cast because mm-hmm. you're pinching the plaster or the fiberglass to hold the bone in place so we wanted to look at it one more time before we really apply a good mold so we put we get like a nice picture and again mom tries to sneak her hand in one more time so if you get one lesson take one lesson from this episode it's don't photobomb your kids x-rays seriously that's essentially wow. what she did she x-ray bombed her kids x-ray everything about that is dumb yeah she didn't want to wear the lead and then we- <laughs> gotta wear the lead i know the amount of radiation is about as much as a transatlantic flight but you gotta wear the lead especially if you're gonna make them take four more x-rays well i guess they were it was one long x-ray it's all very long x-ray yeah and then uh, my favorite part was when we were saving images because usually we save images we were saving one it looked really good but you can see like projections of fingers going towards the the arm part once again i'm just picturing this is a family guy scene it's not one that's existed as far as i know but it should yeah seth mcfarland call us yeah (laughs) it doesn't happen at my current hospital but it definitely happened a lot when we would have parents in the room while we're doing reductions and that mom just really really wanted me to get a picture of it and all i could think of was this episode of the office where someone was just trying to get a free picture in there so it sounds to me like, except for the actual medical technology, this has been the most right, the most correct episode or thing we've, we've discussed. I'd say it's mostly correct, yeah. A lot of the symptoms with the concussions are pretty accurate. I think when it kind of went south, too, was after he passed out, he also said, like, it smells like chicken soup. Mm-hmm. And usually if I hear that, we, I joke about it, but I go, I think you're having a stroke. And The um, weird smells. The weird smells and whatnot. And... That can still be a presentation after a head injury because if you had an AVM, like um, an arterial venous malformation, where your blood vessels are very fragile because they're connected wrong, you can rupture it and can get a stroke and have some of these symptoms too. But again, he'd be a lot sicker. He'd be like on the ground uh, and pretty dead. Mm -hmm. So that would be the concerning part. Um, But the ER scene, you know, that part made me just kind of a little weirded out. I don't think my trying to think like the protocol at my hospital but usually they don't fill out any paperwork until they're in the room really yeah 
Like they check in. We get basic stuff like your name, your birth, your birthday, why you're bro- here, why you're here, kind what of brought do- you here, what man. brought you here. Yeah, police car, you know, all the things. And you try to make sure that they're fine before you send them back into the waiting room and make them wait. And most of the nitty gritty stuff like insurance, where you live, what pharmacy you want, is done before you go home. Because I don't, I don't care about mm-hmm. that stuff. Let's be honest. I just it, want... it, if you're in there, it's hopefully an emergency. I, I can only, I can only hope. We can do one whole talk about what's an emergency and what's not until the cows come home because that is a daily talk that I have all the time. But definitely, if you do have an emergency, you should be seen pretty quickly. And I think the way Dwight was presenting, I'd be much more worried. Mm-hmm. He was scary. I mean, that, that kind of head injury was a little concerning to me. So I probably would have worked him up a little more. I mean, he called Creed his dad. Creed, <laughs> Creed the guy who was in an iron lung when he was a kid, <laughs> called him dad. That, that's when should have been the tip off that something ain't right. Well, that's he ties into my stepmom. What? And calling her boss her, boss her husband. Who was in an iron lung? No, but the... Uh, not at the time. Um. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, overall, I think it's a really good episode. Um, still one of my favorite shows. There's many other ridiculousness um, or ridiculous scenes in this ep- in this whole series about medical stuff. Like the CPR episode's great too, which we'll probably touch on at some point as well. But surprisingly, better medicine in this than medical shows. Yeah. Except for if you notice, we've not covered medical shows yet because they're too easy. But it's coming. Yeah, there's requests for it. There's many requests, and I think that was one of the. I think the two medical shows we did at our Comic Con panel, Grey's Anatomy and The Resident, were the ones that got the most like visceral reactions from the crowd. Yeah, like audible more groans than Uma Thurman getting a needle into her chest. <laughs> so at some point we will probably be doing medical shows um, mixed in with all this stuff because it's low hanging fruit but man that fruit is juicy <laughs> and ripe for picking. So yeah. All right, anything else we want to add on the injury from the office? Please don't wrap your foot in bubble wrap yeah. and if you have a burn just run cold water, let it breathe, don't apply it. less is more. Don't apply anything there. And if you're really worried and you're in pain, it's okay to take medicine. You know, you don't have to run to the ER right away after a burn on your foot or anywhere unless it's affecting motion. So Mm -hmm. if you can control your pain at home, sometimes it's better to stay at home instead of going straight to the ER. Now, granted, not medical advice because we're not trying to give medical advice here. Use your judgment. If you're scared, that's what we're here for. But if I can save you an ER visit and it's safe, give it a shot. All right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you can, do us a favor. Tell some people about the show. Yep. Uh, we've had a lot of great new listeners coming over the past couple of weeks yep. and want to keep that going. Yep. And if you have any ideas for future episodes or if there's any corrections or anything that I am completely wrong about, please let us know. We'll probably go back and do like a corrections episode at some point in the future, <laughs> too, because there's so much stuff about medicine. It's an art, not a science. Or it's an art and a science. No one's ever perfect at this. We'll do Hi Everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast, podcast. about Hi, Hi everybody, everybody, a Bad Medicine podcast. I look forward to that episode. Like, <laughs> I think uh, Greg Winter's dad, or Greg Winter's dad did correct him on something already, yes. too. And he showed it to us. I'm like, God, oh, it's already happening. But yeah. that's okay, because he's the smarter Winter, according to Greg. <laughs> hi, Greg. Um, I, and hi, 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 Greg's dad. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, folks, for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday with more Hi Everybody. Cool. Thank you so much. My folks.